Lord, we just come before you and we thank you for your word, your truth, your life, Lord. And, and you know, you've given us so much. And so I ask, Lord, that you just put your words in my mouth and let everything that is me pass away, but your words find good soil. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so we kind of talked about last week about redemption, and that was um, just really important to me and passionate. And so normally I would take this, uh, I would have a, a week in between these, but um, the way I chose to do things, uh, I'm doing it two weeks in a row. So so I, I had a I had a time when I'm going, Lord, what am I what am I supposed to preach on? What am I supposed to teach on here so that we understand who we are? And and I just wasn't getting anything until about two days ago. And so before I had been reading you know, reading judges and just I didn't get even. I didn't even get through all of it. I got maybe halfway through. But as I'm reading about the judges, right? These are the people that the Lord is placing to semi rule over Israel. But it, you just if you if you take a step back from it and just look at it, at this this bird's eye view of it, you just see this cycle happening, happening, happening. That Israel sins, moves away from the Lord, fall. You know and then gets oppressed by these people. The Lord sends somebody to deliver them. Then they follow the Lord for umpteen France years. Then as soon as that person dies, guess what? They're right back in the beginning. They're sinning. They forget the Lord. And then the cycle just continues and continues and continues. And I'm like, I'm like that's, that's got to be frustrating for him. But I see that so much in, in the world today. And I felt like in, in, in my experiences in the church, that sort of stuff. And then as I'm driving, as I'm driving and I'm listening to Christian music, and and to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of Christian music just because I think it's rote. It's very it's the same and it, and it's and it's fluff. And so here I'm hearing this song, these songs come up and just talk about revival, revival, revival. You know, Lord, pour your spirit out. Lord, we're going to dance. Lord, we're going to sing. Revival, revival, revival. And, and, and it made me angry because nowhere in it explains the truth of what the word revival really means. You know, what does, what, like, to, to, to them and in every song, it's just, it's one big frickin' party. The Lord, the Lord's just gonna shine unicorns, rainbows. And I said, I said, Lord, you know, where's the truth? And I'm hearing these, these songs talk about revival and I'm hearing them talk about things and there's just the slightest hint of non-truth in there. So it ruins it. You know, there's a song that I heard and he's basically like, uh, did, did he did he defeat the darkness or um, did he move every mountain? Did he part every sea? Yes, he did. Yes, he can. Or yes, he can. Yes, he did. Something like that. 
And that's sending, to me, when I'm listening to that, that's sending a false message. Because what it, in my experience and in my life, the Lord has not moved every mountain. He has not parted every sea. I've had to walk through mountainous paths. I've had to swim over raging seas to get through and past where he wants me to be. But if, if you're telling these new Christians or these Christians that he, when he parts, the, you know, he's going to part the mountain. Well, what happens when they come up and the Lord doesn't part the mountain? They go, well, this isn't God. God can't do it. God, it's, it's, it's setting both God up for failure in their eyes and, and, and setting their hearts up for failure and, and disappointment in it. And so I was just, I was just so frustrated about these, these half-truths and, the, and these just not, not being accurate. And so I wanted to talk about revival because I have said it in my, in my sermons and, and in my chats with, other, with all of you, is that I want a revival. I want revival to happen because I want to see the Acts Church come. I want to be seeing the moves of power that God can do, that I know God can do, that I have seen God do. I want Him to do it all the more. And so I felt the need that the Lord impressed on me to let's, let's talk about revival. And what does revival really truly look like? And how do we get to it? Because it's not as pretty as it usually as as the songs make it out to be. So let's go to Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. And so I want to open up with a little explanation of just who God is. You know, I've in, in this sense, I have gone over who God is in length, about knowing who God is, knowing His face, knowing His voice, knowing His hands, what His personality is, His traits, all that. I just want to, to point out some stuff about who God is in concern and when it concerns revival. Numbers 23:19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He is blessed and I cannot reverse it. God is not man. He doesn't need to repent for anything he does. He doesn't need to lie. He will do what he says, and when he speaks it, he will make good on it. 1 Samuel 15, verse 22. This is Samuel talking to Saul. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices 
as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Psalm 51, starting in verse 14. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. And then just as you get there, go to Jeremiah 7. Twenty-one through twenty-three. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices and eat meat. For I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you that it may be well with you. So setting the stage here, you know, we, we, and I'll put myself in there, you know, we, we sing these songs to the Lord. You know, we go, Lord, this is our offering. This is my offering of praise to you. All these flowery words. These are my offering. But when it comes to obedience, if you aren't obeying the word of God, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. I write songs of praise. I write poems and psalms of praise. I've published a book. I've helped write an album. And all of that will stink in front of the Lord, if my heart is not right, if I am not in the, the, the right mentality and a broken and contrite spirit, if I do it in pride, I might as well have never done it at all. He wants obedience. And so I see, I see on Facebook... You know, the, the, these, these people that I know just going to concert after concert of, of these people and going, God was amazing. The Lord, Holy Spirit really moved. And I've said this before, it's a Jesus drug. They're replacing that euphoria for the truth. Now, I'm not saying you can't go to a concert and enjoy it and worship the Lord. 
But if you are constantly chasing those and that feeling, there's something wrong, there's something off, you are not focusing on the prop with, in the proper way, with the proper eyes. You know, and, and, you know, the gospel is things hoped for. So should we hope for revival? Absolutely. Absolutely. We should hope for every good thing. We should want every good thing. And the Lord says, I want every good thing for you. But the Lord, and we've, we've studied this before, the Lord cannot bless a sinner. He can't bless an unrepentant heart. Because he can't look on sin. And so, so I, want, I want to clear up, you, you know, what, what does revival truly look like? Before we get to how we get there, how, how, how we ask the Lord for it, what does the truth behind a revival look like? And it's not just a bunch of people milling about with their hands up, their eyes closed, swaying to this music as some guy goes, Aah! True revival looks amazing. And so if you go to Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, verse 28. Right here, we'll start in 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. This is what, right here, this is what revival looks like. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Your strength will be renewed. You shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. That's revival. Acts 2. Starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Revival is one accord, one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mush, rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. In, in, in an amount that you have never experienced before. 
This is just the one instance of the Lord coming and going with the, with the tongues of fire. Revival doesn't have to start like that or look like that and say, oh, well, I, didn't, or, I got the Holy Spirit but didn't see the tongues of fire. Guess this ain't a revival yet. That's no, 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 no. It's the infilling and the moving of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined to not, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. This is what revival looks like, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The power of God moves in revival. You are filled with the Holy Spirit beyond imagining. That's what revival looks like. That's what we want. To run and not grow weary. To walk and not grow faint. To have strength beyond our conceivable. And to rise up on heights on eagle's wings, riding that joy of the Lord. And so if you look at it like reading in Judges, they experience these moments of revival of, oh, the Lord, it, we will follow the Lord. They experience those moments of revival when they were delivered by the Lord, and so they followed him for 40 years. And then lo and behold, it falls off. You know, and there have been revivals in the world. I mean, many of us have probably heard of them, you know, and, but they taper off. They run for maybe 20, 40 years, and then all of a sudden they just pitter away. And you go, where? The Holy Spirit didn't die. And I will tell you what changes is the hearts of men. The hearts of men shut down the movement of God. They shut down the Holy Spirit. Go back to Jeremiah 6. So we've seen what revival is, and you think, okay, we, we can handle that. You know, but to me, revival comes after hard times. 
after hard times, when, when oppression has hit, you know, and, and I'm not saying that's the only way, but I'm saying through experience, through the word, that's the majority of the time when revival has come and a turning back to God's to the heart of God has come after persecution, after oppression. You know, but you look at this world, look at our, the state of our world right now, and I can read it to you out of the Bible, just what it looks like. Jeremiah 6, 15. We were ashamed... Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not ashamed at all, not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. Jeremiah seven twenty four through 27. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsels and the dictates of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. Since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have even sent to you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Yet they did not obey me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore, you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not obey you. You shall also call to them, but they will not answer you. Jeremiah 6.15 and Jeremiah 7.24. Does that sound familiar? Here we are in America, supposedly a Christian nation, and we're promoting pride. We're promoting homosexuality. We're promoting pedophilia. Transgenderism. Promoting lying. We're promoting frickin' murder now. We're promoting inequality in the guise of equality. Did you read about Alabama or Arkansas? The elementary schools segregated their kids by race. And there's not a thought in our mind. Did they... Were they ashamed when they had committed the abomination? No. Did they even blush? No. They celebrate it. They make a month of it. They prides of it. The Lord can't stand for that. Stands every, against everything he said. When was pride supposed to be worshipped? Hosea 6. I'm going to read the whole chapter because it's a short one. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live in his sight. Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. And if, if the Lord will allow me, Oh, Washington, D.C., what shall I do to you? Oh, America, what shall I do to you? 
For your faithfulness is like a morning cloud and the early dew it goes away. And like the early dew, it goes away. Therefore, I have hewn them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth. And your judgments are like light that goes forth. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offering. But like men, they have transgressed the covenant. There they have dealt treacherously with me. Gilead is a city of evildoers and defiled by blood. As bands of robbers lie in wait for the man, for a man, so the company of priests of murder on the way to Shechem. Surely they commit lewdness. I have seen a horrible thing in the house of America. There is harlotry in Washington, D.C. America is defiled. Also, O America, a harvest is appointed to you when I return the captives of my people. So if the Lord will forgive me for inputting America into us, this is extremely applicable today. Men acting like women, women acting like men. How that it boggles my mind because it's sin. It's sin. Second Timothy Chapter four. Verse three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because itch, they have itching ears, and they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, 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 be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Look at the leaders. And I'm not just talking about in the White House. Look at them too. Look at the leaders in Congress. Look at the leaders of your state. Look at the leaders in your city. Are they following the Lord? Are they following the mandates of the Lord? So many lies. That's the state of our world. Depravity, depravity, depravity. Unashamed depravity. unblinking, unblushing. And so this is where the Lord really started to convict me. And it wasn't very fun. Never really is. But I needed it. And so as I'm ranting in my car, in my head, Lord, man, these guys suck. These guys suck. America sucks. Why is all this happening? And he goes, Tyler. And I go, I don't like that tone, Lord. 
And he goes, Tyler, when was the last time I heard you pray for them? When was the last time you repented for your city, your state, your country, your world? No, 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 no. Let's go back to the other thing. Let's go back to agreeing that they're sinful. And he says, no, you, through prayer, will change the heart of your town, of your state, of your nation, of your world. And I went, okay. <clears throat> Message received. Didn't like it, Lord, but I got it. Psalm 51. Ten through thirteen. This is what we do. This is what we do. Because the Lord, in my experience, when He corrects, He also shows me what I need to change and where I need to go. This is what we need to do, guys. <clears throat> Ask the Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach. Hear this? Hear this? Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. You get that? Starts with me. Starts with you. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Acts 3. See, I'm really not this smart. The Lord gives me these verses. Acts 3, verse 19 through 21. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all His holy prophets since the world began." Repent, therefore, and be converted. This is for us. This is for us. So we ask these things, right? 
And we say, Lord, Lord, Lord. Hopefully now you still want revival. <laughs> you still want the Lord. You still want that presence, that strengthening. Because I'm telling you right now from experience, that's the sweetest thing I have ever tasted is the presence of the Lord. The sweetest thing I've ever smelled is the presence of the Lord. The most reassuring thing I have ever felt is the presence of the Lord. So if you don't want that, you are missing out. And so it starts with me. So I say, Lord, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to receive your revival, your refreshing, so that I can bring about a change through the presence of your Spirit in my life? Because here's the thing. I'm not that smart. I'm not that great in order. Paul was probably better than me. But you know what he did? He's like, Lord, I'm just going to shut up. I'm not going to talk and try and convince them with words of man. I'm going to let you show them. I'm going to let you show them. And the Lord is not shy about showing people who he is. Second Chronicles 7.14 If, if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Who's going to get the revival? The people called by His name. That's who's going to receive the revival. And we said through it, the sinners and the transgressors will be turned to you. But we are the cat. We are the ones. We are the vessels that the Lord wants to use. But you can't be a cracked vessel. You can't be an unclean vessel. He can't pour the new wine, the purity of the Holy Spirit into you. Humble yourself. Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57, verse 15. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and the holy place. With him 
who has a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. For I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry. For the spirit would fail before me and the souls which I have made. For the iniquity of his covetousness, I was angry and struck him, and I hid and was angry. And he went on backsliding in the way of his heart. I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will also lead him and restore comforts to him and to his mourners. I create the fruit of his lips, peace, peace to him who is far off and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled seas when, I, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. Matthew 6.33 Here, starting in verse 31. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall I eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So basically saying, Lord, you know, what am I, you know, you're calling me to do this and, and meditate on you. What am I going to eat? You know, or, oh, Lord, what about my job? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Need a new job? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Escape from bills, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and a way will be made. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day and its own trouble. Seek first. You want a revival? Seek first. Seek first. Don't look to receive first. You seek first. You want to find God? Go looking. Because he's promised that when you look, you will find. James 4.8 Starting in verse 7. Therefore, submit to God. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. What? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. 
and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to, to really sit back and, and, and look at yourself, scrutinize yourself, scrutinize your heart, you know, and be completely honest even with yourself. You know, and so I, I go, Lord, everything I do, I want it to be for your glory, and I want you to receive it. You know, I don't want my, my worship to be sent up to him and him go, who, who sent this here? Get this out of my presence. It smells. You know, I don't want his acts that I've seen in my life, that he's, he's done in my life, that he's done through me, I don't want him denying those acts because my heart's not right. So it is important. It is important to seek the Lord and humble yourself. And I do this fairly regularly, which is why he's very good at telling me just where I screw up. is I sit there and I seek and I go through with the Lord and I say, Lord, where do I need to repent? Where do I need to ask for forgiveness? Where have I messed up? Because unlike my wife who's perfect, I mess up. I mess up. I have flaws. I have faults. I have doubts. But in everything, I need to go to the Lord and I need to talk with Him and, and, and ask Him. Because I want to be that vessel that when the Lord says, it's go time, and He's looking around and He's going, I'm going to pour out my spirit. I am ready to go. This is game time. This is the moment that we have been waiting for. This is where my plan is culminating. And He's got all His vessels in front of Him. And he says, I'm ready, let's go. I want my vessel in that group where he's going and pouring it out. And, and he's not throwing mine away because it's leaky, because it's cracked, because it's dirty. You know, I want mine selfishly to be big and huge. And to be the first one that he sees, that when he's ready to pour it out, he goes, oh, I like that one. That one's got a lot. Let's go. But I have to be ready to receive it. I have to be ready and understand the cost. Understand the cost. <laughs> revival in Jesus' day, guess what the cost was? Your life. Disciples, apostles, killed and murdered, shunned, thrown out, 
That's the cost of revival. And so I have to really truly think, Lord, am I willing to give that up? Am I willing to have family, friends abandon me because I'm too fanatical? And I tell you, yes, I'm ready to go. But I got to make sure I'm ready to go. And so we need to understand, we need to be smart about these words that we're throwing out. Because revival is a great buzzword. It's an exciting buzzword. But we need to understand and educate ourselves on just what it means. Just what redemption means. What repentance means. There is nothing in this book that is beyond our comprehension. Nothing. You can understand everything in it. But my heart says and and I'm sure many of you guys can agree that public speaking isn't your best or your most enjoyable activity. So then you know what your cry should be? It's, Lord, don't make me speak. But move in me. Bring your power. Move in me. So that when I walk in the room, people know, go, there's something different about them, and they want to know. You know, my dream, and I've said this before, my dream, the Lord Jesus himself said, you will go and do greater things. To me, revival is souls being turned, people being healed, demons being delivered. That's revival to me. That's what I want to see. I want to see America's heart. I want to see Pennsylvania's heart turn to the Lord. I want to see the heart of my family turn to the Lord. Not just in words, not just in rote practice, but I want to see him turn to the Lord. That should be our cry as people, as Christians. Lord, we come before you, and your word is good. Your word is great. So, Lord, let your truth ring out. Let the lies that, that hide behind false truths be dispersed in the name of Jesus. Lord, let us look with new eyes. New ears. And a new heart. Create in us a new heart, Lord. 
that seeks after your things. Refresh us, Lord. And Lord, I know that your revival is coming. And so I ask, Lord, that you make us ready to receive that. Teach us what we need to know. Let us grow within you so that when you say go, we go. And all glory and honor is yours and yours alone, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.